0: Welcome to Men in Charge. I'm
1: Kevin Decker, and I'm Tony Flynn. Today is well, for those of you whose birthday it is today, we don't even care. No, really. But <laughs> what we should do is point out that it is episode 22 of season 10, the self-congratulatory season.
0: That's right, and also the 10th season had recently, right, our 200th episode. So there's a convergence of greatness in this season. <laughs> I feel yeah, like.
1: that's. Rising like a lump, like the mole
0: hills that, that moles leave in your yard. And we have an announcement, right? Because the title of this episode is also another episode of greatness, which is, we have all your old report cards. <laughs> it's and we true. do, really, we do. We do. do. Yeah.
1: We've been through a lot of houses across yeah. America over the yeah. past several decades. At night, in the attics, even in certain dresser drawer drawers, when right. you've been asleep, We've been doing some rifling, and one of the things we rifled into many paper bags are all your old report cards. Kevin, what was the most startling thing you discovered in... um Darlene Higgins's of Cedar Bluff, Iowa.
0: Darlene must be a quite old because there was a separate breakout grade for logging skills there. And I know that logging in general has not been taught in Cedar Bluff for probably about 30 years.
1: Iowa was deforested early on right, that's by the true. Vikings.
0: Yeah, I guess it was just a holdover thing like Roman numerals. Nobody needs them. We could function without them.
1: But we still encourage people to keep learning Morse code. Right. One of the People's report cards we have, Kevin, are are yours.
0: Yeah. From preschool, I was puzzling over this one particular comment that Miss Linda made about me uh, when I was uh, three. And it says, uses small muscles for small tasks and big muscles for big tasks. And what's ironic is there's this incredibly exaggerated check mark next to it, which makes me think that Miss Linda was using big muscles for the small task (laughs) of checking the box on that.
1: So do you recall using the big muscles for big, small for small and the
0: reverse? I've been trying to puzzle out ever since we found this again, you know, like using a scissors too hard, maybe making it go out too far and maybe breaking it. Big muscles tearing
1: them apart. What about when you were hitting other kids or being hit by
0: other kids? So I would usually try to face my big muscles toward them because they could take more punishment.
1: So basically you yeah. surrendered oh yeah your I was a total to the I was abuse a total coward.
0: yeah but oh, okay. there was a good reason for it because I thought if I was good that I would get more of the chocolate pudding out of the enormous chocolate pudding can that I remember seeing sitting on a child-sized table at preschool. And I was like, <laughs> that's my dream right there, an enormous can of chocolate
1: pudding. Our chocolate pudding cans were always empty and covered with flies. Yeah, that's not yeah, good. Yeah, you had a better upbringing. It was
0: a before and after situation.
1: <laughs> yeah, after you got to it. <laughs> then they let me approach it, and I had to pick away the flies. Yeah. What I remember most from my report cards, the teachers said, Don't know this student, not in my class, but here's a bad grade anyway. I had a lot to climb out of. It was like I
0: lived inside the chocolate pudding can. And your cries were not heard, apparently. Maybe you were too quiet a student, you've told me that.
1: They couldn't hear me over the buzzing of the flies
0: yeah i've gotten a few other students bad grades uh it's hard to know that there are other students' bad grades but when you recognize that you didn't earn an f in uh, in horse computation or something like that, you know because you didn't take the class, um,
1: <laughs> it doesn't even exist. It but doesn't. it
2: still ended up in your GPA. Yeah, it
0: still ends that's up in mystifying. your GPA. That's mystifying. Yeah, yeah. No,
1: I got nothing for all the astrology courses I took. Uh, Some yeah. things were left out of your GPA. It
0: was just not in the stars for you to get a good grade on those.
1: <laughs> in the stars, yeah. you get extra credit for that.
0: Yay, click.
1: Yeah. So, so we check that.
0: Yeah. Well, we are really enjoying reading teachers' nearly uh, unreadable comments on your old report cards, uh, ladies and gentlemen. And if you're worried about what we might read, then why not send an email to us here at Charge at... KPBX.org, an actual email address, the first actual email address that we can get email from that we've revealed in the show. And let us know the embarrassing thing that you don't want us to read on your report card.
1: Yes. And if you really don't want us to read it, do send an attached document with credit card information, social security, home address, and where we can find a big envelope of cash.
0: That's right. Because, hey, Tony and I both went to schools where the school motto was, we can be bought.
1: So, <laughs> and, and unfortunately, I have no follow-up for that.
0: Okay. Well, let's talk about today's segments. Yeah, we have a fresh burst of scripts. That Kevin that- didn't write.
1: Well, Kevin didn't write them, but they also weren't cut. Many of you don't know this, but we uh, we write a lot, and we record. No, that's not true. We record everything we write, even if it's really we do. lousy.
0: We do, we and do. we'll
1: see if it measures up to the usual level of lousiness today. <laughs> Our first segment is a return to the political intrigue of Bruno Calamari, Norwegian political operative. As you'll recall, Bruno Calamari has decided to manage the sheriff campaign of mall security officer Second Class Coors. This is essentially a prequel to all of our previous Sheriff Coors episodes. How did he become sheriff when he doesn't even know how to use zip ties? Well,
0: listen and hear. Sounds well qualified to me, actually. But <laughs> in any yes. case. Tony, the next sketch today we have is also written by you and features a character that I have publicly committed to liking uh, <laughs> above many others, Mr. Skids. Who does Mr. Skids save today?
1: Today, Mr. Skids saves the fire department, Mrs. Armbruster, his loyal stalker, has organized a rally to raise funds for the fire department because, as you know, communities don't like to be taxed for services. No. They should pay individually if they want their house preserved when the local arsonists try to torch it. But Mr. Skids, ill-tempered drunkard, slouches into the action and passes out, once again... This time to save the fire department.
0: And this sketch, by the way, Tony has two of my favorite ideas. They're related. First of all, lasagna on a stick, and secondly, special little ovens for warming up lasagna on a stick, (laughs) which it turns out are extremely flammable and they're really unsafe. So, uh,
1: if you're (laughs) going to plug them in, make sure you walk away and aren't blamed when. Yeah. When the building catches fire. Better to fire. let somebody else
0: do that cooking exactly. job.
1: Exactly. And finally, Kevin, we have a return to our Miltonic examination of heaven and hell RV Rapture Episode Three. What happens today? In this that? is
0: uh, this is neither Paradise Lost nor Paradise Regained. It is rather Paradise got lost on the cloverleaf. We have been following an RV using Fred and Margaret, beautifully played by Scott Herrick and Jody Stewart Strobel, and their little dog. But the big highlight of this episode is the introduction of Satan, because apparently God thinks that Satan is the one to take care of people who are so evil as to to pollute the environment with their RVs.
1: Satan has some fresh notions of how to bring more suffering upon people who frankly deserve it. And now it's time once again for Bruno Calamari, Norwegian political operative. Bruno Calamari, 48-year-old recent graduate of Lower Heights Community College's program in political science and convenience store management, has launched a new career in marketing strategies for political campaigns. After an unsuccessful effort to sell his campaigning skills using a sandwich board at the mall, he is briefly and unsuccessfully detained by Mall Security Officer Second Class Coors, a well-meaning incompetent whom Bruno persuades to run for sheriff with him, Bruno, as his campaign manager. Bruno has just left for the bank to deposit a campaign check from Mall Security Officer Second Class Coors, and meanwhile, snake-like investigative reporter Angelina Van O'Reilly...
3: Stop calling me snake-like, announcer.
1: What? I can't hear you over the jackhammer sound effects.
3: You're next, announcer.
1: As I was saying, snake-like investigative reporter Angelina Van O'Reilly, who overheard Bruno promising Coors he could make him sheriff, has burst stealthily into the mall security human resources department to dig up dirt for oppo research, hoping to start a scandal in the making.
3: Hey, you can't just barge in here. This is human resources, and you're the receptionist, right? Yes, but... Uh... Then be resourceful and pull me out the file on that mall security officer second-class guy. What's his name? Schmelnick, Winterbottom Biffenhoff Coors? That's right, Coors. And Hurry. But who are you, and why should I hand over confidential material to you? I'm Angelina Van O'Reilly, investigative reporter. (gasps) The snake-like one? Just for that crack, I'm cutting your bribe in half. Here's 25 bucks, that's all. Now get moving. I'm glad I'm fundamentally unethical, or I'd have serious misgivings about handing over this file.
1: Meanwhile, Bruno Calamari has just deposited the campaign check from Mall security Officer second class Coors in his, Bruno's, personal account. But his work has just begun. He now darts off to meet
4: suspiciously with Sheriff Spondy. I'm here to see Sheriff Spondy.
5: Whoa there, jolly citizen. Who are you?
4: I'm Bruno Calamari, Norwegian political operative. And you're the receptionist, right? I need to talk with Sheriff.
5: Didn't you hear me when I said, whoa there? Slow down. I don't write that fast. Norwegian political operative. Here you go. What's this? It's your name tag. Stick it on your shirt. Nobody goes anywhere in the sheriff's office without a name tag.
4: You don't have one.
5: I'm already here. Now what? You wait. For what? For me to see what you're going to do to get in to see the sheriff.
4: Okay. Do you accept bribes?
5: You need to catch me first thing in the morning for bribes. Otherwise, witnesses, you know.
4: Well, then, how do you respond to threats?
5: What have you got?
4: Uh, nothing yet. I missed the unit on threats in my last political science course. And I've only been a political operative since breakfast. But I do know that Sheriff Spondy needs to hear what I have to say her re-election depends on it.
5: I doubt that. The sheriff's coffers are full. She's in the pocket of the real estate folks in Commanding Heights. And everyone in this office has to contribute to her campaign, or we lose
4: our jobs. That's a little harsh. Maybe. But good management.
5: Yeah, it's a corrupt town, so what are you going to do?
4: Look, just tell the sheriff that I'm the campaign manager for her new opponent.
5: Why not? It's a slow day. The sheriff will see you now, but you should know that I undermined your credibility with her, just in case.
4: Sheriff, I...
5: That's far enough. I need a look at your name tag. Hmm. Bruno Calamari Norwegian Political Operative. Well, that sounds on the up and up,
4: I guess. Sheriff, it's like this. For enough money... I can be bought. That's all the time we have now for
1: Bruno Calamari, Norwegian political operative. Tune in again next time when
4: we'll hear Bruno say... Second-class Coors, look at this. 20000 in cash that Sheriff Spondy gave me to run your campaign incompetently. And why are you still zip-tied to the chair? And we hear
1: Angelina Van O'Reilly say...
3: Jam it! second-class corps IQ were the temperature outside, we'd need to wear parkas. Sheriff Spondy doesn't stand a chance.
5: And now it's time for Mr. Skid Saves the Fire Department. Mr. Skids, a surly drunkard with a heart of limestone, lives in a shabby apartment in a rundown, pre-boarded up building in Pansy Hollow, which is just downwind from upper-lower heights. Whenever his neighbors come clamoring to him for help, Mr. Skids is quick to lock his door against them. Today finds Mr. Skids once again face down on the sidewalk, soaking nicely in a cold November rain. He's lying just close enough to his apartment building to be blocking the entrance. Susan, a mugger, approaches. Uh, Mr. Skids, what is wrong with you? You never have nothing in your pockets for me to take, and you're blocking the entrance so I can't break into any of the apartments. You're such a damn nuisance, Mr. Skids, and you still haven't returned the crowbar you borrowed last year.
6: Oh, Mr. Skids, Mr. Skids, here, let me mm, hoist you up against the door here so you're a little more out of the rain. Now, wake up, Mr. Skids. I have exciting news. Ow. It
2: feels like I'm being slapped. Make it stop, Mrs. Armbruster.
7: Maybe just one more there yeah. Mrs. Rooster, we need to get Mr. Skids inside or he'll drown in the rain puddles
2: oh more pain for no reason
6: Billy, as the building super, you really should find a welcome mat so that Mr.
7: Skids doesn't keep hitting his head so hard I know I've been working on one all month, knitting it from old milk jugs and yoghurt containers. But progress is slow. Anyway, I'm late for school, Mrs. R. Brewster. Today in science class, Miss Septic is going to explain how a strong leader like the Queen Bee prevents voter fraud in the hive.
2: I'm really cold. Also, my head.
6: Okay, Billy, but don't forget... Four o'clock down at the corner for the fire department bake sale.
7: I need you to lift a lot of heavy crates. Ah, uh, heavy crates of what exactly, Mrs. Armbruster? Woo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo! <laughs> you will just have to wait and see, Billy. It's a surprise. Sounds great, Mrs. Armbruster.
2: Still very cold.
6: Guess what the surprise is, Mr. Skids? Uh,
2: something about lasagna. Uh,
6: that's right. But not just lasagna. Lasagna.
2: What a considerable relief.
6: We're selling lasagna on a stick. Sticks of lasagna. No forks needed. It's for the Save the Fire Department bake sale benefit. And you can help.
1: That, I doubt.
6: (laughs) Of course you can help, Mr. Skids. Just stay here with this slightly portable convection oven. "'We'll use it to keep the lasagna on a stick's warm this afternoon. "'I'll just set it to low now so that we can warm up the elements. "'See you this afternoon!'
5: And so Mr. Skids curled up comfortably beside the slightly portable convex oven. As the hours passed, comforted by the lingering sedation of that morning's gin... His ascent to the consciousness that his clothes had begun to catch fire was slow.
2: <sighs> Not again. And I've been wearing these clothes for years. Catching on fire seems a hard price to pay for just falling asleep in the rain.
7: Mr. Skids! Mr. Skids, wake up! Our building is on fire!
2: Again with the Laughing, Mrs. Armbruster? Really?
6: Oh, oh Mr. Skiff. Filthy silly! I'm trying to put out the fire on your scorched filthy clothes. But don't worry. The lasagnas on his
7: sticks crates are undamaged. Wait here, Mrs. Armbruster. I'm gonna go get an axe to help attack. Mr. Skids, Mr. Skids, you saved the fire department. Burning down our apartment building reinforced public appreciation for the Lower Heights Fire Department, thus encouraging increased funding. You're a hero. Now we just need to find a new place to
5: live. That's all the time we have now for Mr. Skids saves the fire department. Tune in again next time. When we'll hear Mrs. Armbruster say, Now everyone take home a crate of lasagna's on a stick. Well, I guess when you run an operation as big as this one, there are bound to be a few glitches. You know, those, who am I, why am I here, times. As a matter of fact, I guess I forgot to tell you, I'm St. Peter. Yes, that St. Peter. And here I am, standing at Heaven's pearly gates. Maybe I can finally get a bit of a break now that we've processed so many of those anti-vaxxers let me tell you it oh sorry i gotta take this yes lord today lord okay if you're sure lord oh no i didn't mean that you were making a mistake exactly of course you're infallible lord and both of them fred and margaret oh and bitsy too they will be done on earth I guess it's time for Fred and Margaret and Bitsy to join the ranks of the Heavenly Choir. You remember Fred and Margaret. They're the folks who drive all over in one of those big RVs with their little dog, Bitsy. They had two RVs taken by the Lord's command. The Lord does not like RVs. And despite all that, Margaret insisted they buy another one. He loves what she calls the RV lifestyle. (sighs) So, here we go. Fred, do you feel like the wind's picking up?
7: Ah, relax, Margaret. Geez, the only wind that's picking up is coming from the dog. You gotta stop feeding her Doritos. I don't know,
5: Fred. The RV seems to be rocking back and forth a lot.
7: Well, if you hadn't insisted on the DynaQuest XL, I wouldn't be driving something that's over 40 feet long. Of course it sways, especially in all these curves. It's making Bitsy carsick. Here, Bitsy, honey.
5: Have a little Dorito to settle your tummy. Fred, you
7: know I get nervous on these
5: mountain roads.
7: We need to sign in by 6 o'clock, or we lose our creekside spot at Sunny Acres Glamping. But that's a hairpin turn ahead, and the sign says... 20 miles an hour? Ha! Huh, I bet I can do 30. No! Whoa!
5: Oh, Fred, I don't
7: feel so good. Mark? Oh, Margaret? Oh, no, Fred! Dancing... Demons, a lake of fire, bad electrical connections on the pedestals? I don't
5: think this is Sunny Acres. And, ew, what's that smell?
2: Smell, smell. You're confronted by the Prince of Darkness, and all you can do is object to my cologne.
5: Well, it is pretty bad.
2: You've spent your earthly days locked in a vehicle with a flatulent Shih tzu, and you're complaining about bad smells. Margaret, let's not argue with the man. Man, ha! I am the Antichrist, the evil one, the King of Hell. Man, pa. But,
5: but we we don't belong
2: here. You may think you don't belong here, but the fact is that you belong to me.
5: No, I don't think so. Betsy isn't happy. (laughs) And your parking
7: spaces aren't very level. Yeah, yeah, we belong, you know, upstairs with God. Too bad.
2: I take all those RVs off the Lord's hands and park them around my lake of fire. Now, I want fresh souls, and I have bargaining power with God. With God? Prove it. Prove it? All right. Lord? Yeah, who else calls you at the dinner hour? About the RVs. I said I'd take them, but now I want some souls to sweeten the deal. I just got some new ones. Two, or three, if you count the dog. Come on, you're the one who says RVs are an abomination.
5: An abomination? Give me that phone. Yes, Lord, it's Margaret. No, Lord, we didn't give up our RV lifestyle. Yes, Lord, we we are very sorry. Especially about the repeated use of the word lifestyle.
7: You bet your sweet patoot we're sorry.
5: Fred. A compromise, Lord? Yes, Lord. Goodbye, Lord. Uh, Mr. Satan, he wants to talk to you.
2: Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Okay, it's a deal. See you soon. Let's do lunch. A deal? A deal. The Lord thy God has declared you Dynamax angels. I like the sound of that. By day you shall travel the earth in your Dynamax, doing good deeds. That
5: sounds like heaven.
2: But you must return each night to sleep at the camp by my lake of fire, and thus atone for your gas-guzzling ways. But
7: what about poor
2: Bitsy? (coughs) Your dog sleeps here, too. There's a price to be paid for eating that many Doritos.
1: Kevin, it's time to thank our cast. Yes, please
0: thank our cast.
1: We are therefore thanking Kevin Decker, Tony Flynn, Elaine Green, Ryan Weldon, Nancy Roth, Ann Porter, Scott Herrick, Jody Stewart-Strawbelt, and once again, for the heck of it,
0: Nancy Roth. We'd also like to thank The Bad Plus for our theme music, 7 Minute Mind." And we'd like to thank our cheerleading squad, Nisha Shram, Kerry Boyce, Vern Windham, Savannah Asti, Nancy Roth, and the man whose U.S. Army service in Afghanistan was spent pouring sugar into the Taliban gas
3: tanks, Brian Lindsay.